everyone. Welcome back to But Is It Healthy? So we're only having one episode this week due to some technical difficulties, so I hope you're all excited to hear about air travel. Now, most of you probably have thoughts about air travel. You have either love it or you hate it, but you probably never thought, wait, is it healthy? But is air travel healthy? Now, again, like I said, this is not a question that anyone with more than two brain cells would be asking because, quite frankly, the obvious answer to everyone here is no. No, it's not. But it may actually be healthy. Well, at least some of the benefits are. So we're gonna go through some of the negatives and some of the positives of air travel. As you may well know, there have been lots of advisories about whether or not to fly during the COVID-19 pandemic due to the concerns about being in close proximity to other human beings. This has been a concern long before COVID. However, it was not highlighted nearly as much until COVID. But both the CDC and the ECDC have statements on their websites that predate COVID reminding travelers that there is an inherent health risk to traveling, particularly when traveling by air, due to exposure to other pathogens. Basically, aside from the fact that you're in close quarters with a lot of people in a pressurized air container, you are going somewhere new, and you are going to be exposed to things you are not exposed to every day in your normal life. With that in mind, you are more likely to get sick because you haven't built up immunity to whatever it is in whatever area you're going to. So right off the bat, there's two reasons that you are more at risk when flying for some sort of health issue. That doesn't even get into the actual getting on the airplane and getting into the air. That's just being around other people in other places. Now, lots of people have commonly said, well, that's why you get vaccines before you travel. Yes, but we don't have a vaccine for the common cold. There are lots of things that we don't have vaccines for. Or you, in your all-knowingness, may have forgotten that you got your vaccine 11 years ago and it's only good for 10. So those are things to keep in mind when you think about air travel. Beyond that, we can start to talk about the actual risks flying poses. Now, lots of people are aware, or if you fly a lot, you are probably aware that medical events happen on airplanes. When medical events happen on airplanes, this causes major problems for the airlines, everyone on the plane, and you know, quite frankly, the person having the medical emergency uh, high up in the air where there may not be somebody who has anything more than basic CPR certification to help them out, while there are flight attendants who have first aid training and all of that jazz, it is important to note that that's not necessarily helpful when you're having a medical emergency if it is outside the scope of someone's training. With this, the most common type of medical emergency, though, is maybe not what you're thinking. The most common type of medical emergency that happens on a flight and causes the most disruption to air traffic is syncope. Specifically, air travel syncope, or flight syncope. This is a specific type of syncope that is related to postural blood pressure. So, some of you, when you stand up, see spots, or you feel a little lightheaded. 
A lot of people only experience this when they come up from laying down to immediately being upright. And still other people never experience it at all. Quick definition, syncope is fainting. I am so used to using the term because it comes up so frequently in my line of work and in my family history that I don't even register it as something unique. This has lots of different proposals, but basically they want anyone with low blood pressure to pay attention to that before they get on a plane, because when you pass out on a plane, the assumption is that you're having a serious medical event. That is not necessarily the case. Most instances of syncope resolve themselves fairly quickly. You pass out for a minute, minute and a half. You wake back up, you're a little bit disoriented, you're embarrassed, you may have lost muscle control, so maybe you need a new pair of pants. But for the most part, you're okay. Now, long term, this is a problem. And even in day-to-day -day life, fainting is a problem. But this is not a serious medical concern that is life-threatening, at least in most cases. The other issues that tend to come up with flying are cardiac in relation. People who have had heart attacks within the last six months are specifically advised not to get on an airplane by multiple different governing bodies for air traffic, for cardiology, for heart associations. We're talking lots of people do not want you getting on an airplane if you've had a heart attack. I'm saying heart attack because that's the more common term. Specifically, there is a specific type of myocardial infarction that we're worried about, but I'm going to generalize it here. Don't get on a plane if you've recently had a heart attack and it's not controlled. Similarly, don't get on a plane if you have a blood pressure problem that is not controlled. This comes in both directions. While syncope only tends to affect people with low blood pressure, we also see instances where hypertensive episodes can occur on flights. These are serious medical conditions. They can result in stroke or death. And I would like for none of you to die because that is the opposite of healthy. The whole point of our definition is that it should be promoting well-being and reducing risk of chronic or acute medical conditions. So we have the fact that flying exposes you to more pathogens. Bummer. It can induce fainting, which I'm necess not necessarily saying is the most dangerous thing in the world, but it is certainly inconvenient and is very costly to both you and the airline you're flying with because they're going to make an unplanned for stop to get you medical attention because they don't know if you're just experiencing postural syncope or if you're having an actual medical emergency. And you won't be able to tell that until after the fact anyways. And it is very dangerous if you do have uncontrolled blood pressure or cardiac episodes. Those are gonna be the big ones that they advise against. Now, if you're a pilot or someone who's flying in more pressurized environments, all airplanes are pressurized, but in specific instances, there highly pressurized or in smaller in smaller spaces, or you're wearing a mask, specifically an oxygen mask, not a medical mask that we wear more commonly, those are going to put you at risk of barotrauma. So basically, 
pressure trauma to your sinuses or your lungs, that's going to be more similar to what we talked about when we talked about our diving episode. Those can resolve themselves. They are not necessarily causing permanent damage, though they can cause permanent damage, in which case you, you're in serious trouble. So those are things to keep in mind. Those are your biggest health risks when we want to talk about flying. Additionally, there are health risks associated with anybody being sedentary for prolonged periods of time. In an airplane, you're kind of stuck. You can't get up, work out, walk around very often. You're in an enclosed environment, so movement is limited. That's very risky if you are somebody who needs to be up and moving to manage your condition, whatever that condition may be. I'm specifically thinking of anyone who has ever thrown a blood clot. You're more likely to be susceptible to throwing another clot in a pressurized environment where you're not moving. So that's why they tell people with clotting disorders to be cautious when getting on airplanes, wear compression suits, sleeves, socks, whatever it is that they are concerned about for you specifically, and why they generally discourage you from ever getting on a submarine. Other conditions where this can be a problem are people with unregulated blood sugar. So diabetes can be negatively impacted by flying due to the fact that you are not eating regularly and you are not moving regularly. So your use of said blood sugar is going to be a little bit wonky. So Chronic conditions are, tend to be exacerbated by sitting for prolonged periods of time or also not doing so hot once you've gotten on an airplane. Let's see, what have we covered so far? Barotrauma, cardiac disease. Have I mentioned anything positive at this point? Anything at all? No? Well, strap in, because we do have positives of air travel. And quite frankly, the most positive thing to come with air travel is accessibility to healthcare. Now, more than a few of you are like, well, if I live in a country that has healthcare, I don't need to travel for healthcare. You might actually. Lots of people travel between Europe and the United States for specific conditions when they are looking for specific surgeons. Surgery is not necessarily a thing that you're going to find universally accepted because quite frankly, we don't have enough people who can perform the surgical techniques for all surgeries. And you wanna be going where you can get the best care. Now, I'm sure a lot of you, when I started talking about how healthcare access is a big thing, were thinking something less positive. We're not talking about that. That is not worth acknowledging. Black market medical care is not what I'm advocating for here. I'm talking about very direct and very well-established benefits of air travel to go find a better surgeon or a surgeon who can specifically perform the type of surgery that you need somewhere else. Additionally, the reverse can be true. If you are exceedingly rich, wealthy, have more money than I do, or 20 times me, you could possibly afford to pay for that person to perform that surgery wherever you are. So you would pay for their air travel to come see you. The other form of how air travel is a major asset to health would be airlifting emergencies. 
basically, if you've ever had to ride in a helicopter during a medical emergency, you have greatly benefited from air travel as far as your health goes. You got medical care faster from a much more inaccessible place to a place where they could provide you care. Now, this is not a common situation, this is not an ideal situation, but this is a certain benefit of air travel in existence. It's not quite the same as getting on a commercial airline, but I'm counting it as air travel. You're still flying through the sky. Additionally with that, when we're talking air travel, we can also talk shipping. Shipping has huge benefits because worldwide we need access to medical resources and we don't necessarily have them where we're at. Now, supply chain issues are a problem. They've always been a problem, but they may not have always been a problem with what you're thinking I'm going to say, which is not oxygen, ventilators. I'm talking about organs. Organs are often transported through air travel because you have someone who has donated their organs and made a huge sacrifice for the health of other people. Now, organ donation is not overall healthy because it does involve the death of a person. But with that person's death and their sacrifice, they have then offered their organs to save someone else's life. So, healthy for other people. And that is a huge, huge benefit of air travel that would not necessarily be available to everyone if we did not have it. So, benefits and downsides of air travel. One, you are exposed to more pathogens. There's your negative. Two, you are in a pressurized environment that can induce syncope or affect your cardiac system in a negative fashion. That's two negatives. Three, you are at risk of barotrauma if you are in specific instances while flying. Also a negative. But we do have these positives as well. We have access to medical care throughout the world. We can quickly get people from point A to point B and have them receive the best possible care. And we have the option to transport organs, life-saving organs, to people who need them as soon as they become available and before they expire, which is a very major concern when we're talking about organ donation. So. While there are these negatives to commercially flying for fun, there are huge positives to flying for medical reasons. With that in mind, what can you do to ensure that you're going to be healthy on your upcoming flight? One, don't book a flight if you're sick. Let me clarify that. Don't get on a flight if you're sick because you are at higher risk of everything else. Don't get on a flight without taking proper precautions that have been established by your doctor if you have a chronic condition. For some of you, that may mean wearing compression clothing. For others, that may mean hyperhydration. And in general, wearing a medical mask on an airplane is most advisable regardless of whether or not we're in a global pandemic. I know I've upset more than a few of you with that statement, but it does work to reduce the spread of pathogens. Even a moderate amount is going to be beneficial because you're exposed to so many new ones. Other than that, take care of yourself. Try not to stress too much and make sure you're with someone who knows your history, if at all possible. Hey friend, I pass out occasionally. 
because of low blood pressure. Can you keep an eye on me while we're on the plane? If I pass out, just make sure that I wake back up and we can stay together so we don't have to cause a major flight incident. With that in mind, I hope you all have a lovely weekend. Rock on!